0: I invite you to stand as you're able, in body or in spirit, for the reading of our gospel lesson. Our gospel lesson this morning will come from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, Say, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John the Baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And the people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with the camel hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the throng of the sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. <clears throat> what does a Christian look like? If I ask you that question this morning, your mind's probably going to go a lot of places. For some of you, when I ask what a Christian looks like, you may think of an individual. There may literally be a person that you think of in your mind when I ask you what a Christian looks like. For others, you may think of um, various Christian virtues like the fruits of the Spirit. You may think of rituals that you saw or observed in your Christian upbringing or in your life now. So when I ask, what a Christian looks like, we're going to get a variety of answers. You're going to, we're going to have a lot of different answers when we ask the question, what a Christian looks like. For me, for Andy Stoddard, when you ask me what a Christian looks like, I think of Mr. Robert Stockton. Mr. Robert was a member of my home church, Johnson Chapel United Methodist Church. Mr. Robert was our treasurer. Mr. Rob, Mr. Robert said in the same Seat every Sunday. He was the longtime postmaster of the Summit Post Office, and he was just steady, just steady and faithful. He never got too far up here, and he never got too far down here, but he was just always exceedingly faithful to his church. He was faithful to Johnson Chapel, he was faithful to his family. He was faithful to his career. He was a good, kind, quiet, godly man. When you ask me what a Christian looks like, I think of Mr. Robert. Now, for many of you, you're going to, probably many of us are going to think of different people. Our parents, grandparents, a a preacher, a Sunday school teacher, someone like that probably. But you're going to think of someone like that. How many of y'all thought of John the Baptist? A man out there running around with camel hair, eating a locust and honey sandwich, hollering at everybody. At one point, John the Baptist is preaching, and everybody comes out to hear him, and his opening line of the sermon was, you brood of vipers, who told you to come here? I've yet to open up a sermon in that way. Still got years of preaching ahead of me, so the time may yet come, but I've yet to go brood of vipers to him. That has not come yet. But yet, who was John the Baptist? He was a man who submitted to the lordship of Jesus. He was a man who said, at one point, he said, I am not, I must decrease so he can increase. He was a man given a mission. By the Father, as we read this morning. And he was a man who faithfully served Jesus as Lord. In fact, at one point Jesus is gonna say, There was no one greater born of woman than John the Baptist. So what does a Christian look like? Yes, it looks like Mr. Robert Stockton. It also looks like John the Baptist. You know what else it looks like? These comfortably. One of the joys of my ministry, one of the things that I treasure most about being the lead pastor of this church is in the confirmation season. We have every one of these young persons come talk to me and to the rest of us. And it's funny, some of them know me well, so they'll plop down in the office and start eating jelly beans. Others don't really know me quite as well, so they're real nervous. So we talk about confirmation, how it went. We talk about what they learned, what questions they may have, what they think we could have done different. So we we talk about all these things. But then kind of the crux of our conversation is this. We talk about their statement of faith. We talk about what they have learned. And what we do is we have each one of these young persons in their own words, in their own language, tell us. What it means to be a Christian. And y'all, let me tell you, it's one of the highlights of my ministry and of my life. Because y'all, there's a lot of negativity out there in the world, isn't it? There's a lot of negativity in the news, a lot of negativity on social media, a lot of negativity all over about how everything's just falling apart and how awful everything is right? Let me tell you, over the last two weeks, I had these young people come into my office and in their own words explain to me what a Christian is. And then I asked them, are you ready to make a public profession of Jesus Christ as your Lord? And they all said, yes. Y'all, our God is awesome. And our God is moving, and we see it displayed in these young persons who are going to stand in front of you this morning and make a public declaration to you and to their families and to their friends and to the whole world that they love Jesus and that they want to follow Jesus and that they want to be a part of St. Matthew's United Methodist Church. God is on the move. God is on the march, and we have so much to be thankful for in the movement of this. What does a Christian look like? These young men and women is what a Christian looks like. Praise the Lord. Today, we see John. And as we've heard Laura tell us in our Advent candles, this is the Sunday of peace. And it's funny. John tells us today that Jesus will come and baptize with the Holy Spirit. See, it's the Holy Spirit that calls us to Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that saves us. It's the Holy Spirit that sanctifies us. It is the Holy Spirit that's what it's about, y'all. It's not about anything else but Jesus. And everywhere, everywhere the Spirit is at work, there God is. And, y'all, here at St. Matthew's, we celebrate everywhere the Spirit's at work. No matter the church, no matter the denomination, no matter the local body. We pray for every local church in our area that is proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord. We celebrate them here at St. Matthew's and we pray for them. Because we believe that God is always bigger than any one local church, but he is bigger than he is the church. And we, as Jesus says this morning, we live out that hope of the church that is at work. It's the Holy Spirit that leads. It's the Holy Spirit that brings us to Jesus. And it's the Holy Spirit who is the author of peace. Today we talked about peace in all of our liturgies. Let me tell you what peace is not, y'all. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is not the absence of problems. If you believe that you can never have peace, you can never have peace until there's no more problems, then friends, you'll never have peace. If it's going to take lack of conflict or lack of problems, or lack of trials. Because, y'all, you know, we've all got problems, don't we? We have conflict in the world. I was listening to a podcast the other day. There are 55 places in the world where there is military conflict happening now. 55. Wow. We don't, have, we don't always have peace at work. We don't always have peace in our neighborhoods. We don't always have peace in our work. We don't always have peace in our families. Often our lives are plagued by conflicts and lack of peace. But yet we know this morning that peace is not a concept. Peace is a person. Jesus, Paul says in his writings, he says, Cast your cares upon Christ who cares for you. And the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts. Paul does not say, and when you have no cares, the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts. But Paul says, cast your cares to Jesus, and the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts. Peace is not the absence of trouble at home, at work, and family. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is not when everything's perfect. But peace is a person named Jesus Christ. When we are following Jesus, when we are in Jesus, we can have peace because peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is the quiet trust that Jesus is at work. Peace is the quiet confidence that says, Lord, I'm scared. Lord, I'm angry. Lord, I'm hurt. Lord, I'm worried. Lord, I'm all of this. But I know it's going to be okay because you were at work. Peace is the quiet confidence that comes from Jesus. And if we have Jesus, we can have peace. Y'all? Y'all are be in high school soon. And it may not always be easy. It may be hard. It may be stressful. You may have some really scary days. But you know what? You're going to be okay. You know why? Because you got Jesus. And more importantly, Jesus has you. And Jesus has promised us that he will never leave nor forsake us no matter what. There's never going to come a time in your life, as long as you ever live, that Jesus doesn't love you. There's never going to come a time in your life where Jesus is not for you. There's never going to come a time in your life where Jesus is going to abandon you. You can always have peace because you always have Jesus. Doesn't mean you won't be scared. Doesn't mean you won't be afraid, afraid. Don't mean you won't be worried. Don't mean you won't have problems. But it means you got Jesus. How do I know you got Jesus? Because in just a few moments, you're going to tell folks you follow Jesus. In just a few moments, you're going to tell folks that you love Jesus. In just a few moments, you're going to confess to all these folk here and all those folks on the line that you love Jesus and that Jesus loves you and so that you can always have peace because you always have Jesus, no matter what. Friends, this morning, we adults, we're just the same. Ooh, I wish I could tell you you wouldn't ever have any problems, y'all. I wish I could tell you work was nothing but a yellow brick road and that you'd have to have no more awkward conversations around the dinner table. I wish I-55 never had traffic, and I wish your coffee was never cold. But we know that's not the case. In fact, Jesus told us, in this world, you're going to have troubles. What did he also say? My peace I'll leave with you. My peace, I'll leave with you. You know why we have peace, y'all? Because we have Jesus. Where Jesus is, there's peace. It doesn't mean where Jesus is, there's lack of conflict. It doesn't mean where Jesus is, there's lack of problems. But it means where Jesus is, there is peace. Because he's always with us. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to all men. In just a moment, these children, these young people, are going to confess that they follow the Prince of Peace. May we as adults have the same courage to follow Jesus as we're going to see in these young people. May we all follow the Prince of Peace. Let us pray.